Today's scripture reading comes from 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 15. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid. He got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servants there. But he himself went a day's journey. Sorry, I hit hit my tablet. It moved. Uh, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. Is it enough? Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him and said, Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. He got up and ate and drank. Then he went in strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. At that place, he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone, am, I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, Go out and stand in the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So in anticipation of today, Pastor Craig sent me just a brief outline of what he normally does on a Sunday morning. And there was this next part that just really fascinated me. He's like, a question to ponder or discuss. So, first off, when I was working on this sermon, um, which is talking about madness to stillness, I was thinking, and I want you to think about, what parts of your life is that madness or chaos And what would it look like to replace that with the sense of stillness? And as I was 
scrolling through Facebook this morning, I saw uh, a meme that somebody had put up and it says, I feel like I should want more, but I don't. I want less, less stuff, less rushing, less stress, less noise, less unnecessary baggage. And that is attributed to Brooke Hampton. So in keeping that in mind, phones buzzing, notifications dinging, not only on your phone, maybe your watch, if you have an Alexa at home, you know, every now and then it just kind of goes ding, and you gotta figure out what was that noise, first off, and second, oh, was I expecting a notification from Google? Headlines of violence and unrest all over the world. Not to mention in my household, kitty cats meowing because they're demanding food or not happy that the puppy's running around or maybe it's the puppy barking at them relentlessly. And that's just in my personal life. Not, not taking into account at work. I'm a pharmacist down in Shiprock and we have a staff of over 40 pharmacists. Our pharmacy is busy, so the phones are ringing off the hook. We've got that constant drone of people talking, whether it's communicating to the patients or to one another. Um, you have the doorbell to the pharmacy going off. There is never a moment of silence in the pharmacy. And what about you? What kind of craziness, noise, madness do you experience on the daily? I found at times in my life, it is so easy to get caught up in that rush, 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 that constant having that need to be doing something or having music on or talking to somebody. And also, it's easy to get caught up in the madness of life in some of those conversations. I don't know about you, but maybe when I've started a conversation with something I've heard on the news, maybe it's about the war, maybe it's about the latest shooting or violence in the area, and that conversation devolves into the sense of hopelessness, of despair, instead of the hope that we have. It talks about we get into that mindset of hate instead of the love and maybe that madness instead of the stillness. In today's passage from Kings, we see Elijah who got on the wrong side of Jezebel and had done some things. He ran away. He was so upset with what he had done and his future outlook in life that he was ready to just give it all up. He went to sleep. An angel woke him, said, eat, restore your strength. He went to sleep again. He was once again awoken to eat and restore his strength for the journey. God had other plans for Elijah than to just give it all up right there. Elijah was told to go to Horeb. When he got there, he was in the cave. He was told that God was going to speak to him, so he waited. 
And as we heard earlier, there was the wind. We're all familiar with the wind here. There was the earthquakes. There was the fire. But God wasn't in those. But then came the silence. And it was in that silence that God appeared. I think it's much the same for our lives, at least personally, that most of the times that I have felt the closest to God has been in those moments of silence. I think we need that silence, that quieting of our minds and spirits to really hear God. But the world is so loud, especially in today's connected age where it's hard to get away from the buzzing, the ringing, the headlines. How can we find that rest and silence in our own lives? For one thing, we must be intentional about it. We've got to be able to set time aside, just like we would, well, I don't know about you, but I'm a coffee drinker. I need to have my morning coffee time, especially before I talk to other people. It just makes life much better for all of us. But I'm intentional about setting that time aside. But it's the same with our our walk with God. We have to set some time aside. We also need to see it as necessary instead of optional. We get so busy that sometimes we think, oh, I don't have time for fill in the blank. I don't have time for exercise. I don't have time to read that book that I've been wanting to get to for months or play with the puppy. Sometimes that's true, but Often it's just us making excuses. So we have, to, we have to tell ourselves it's necessary, not optional. Maybe viewing it as self-care would kind of help you. And I know self-care has kind of become a buzzword in today's world. But I think that the best way to take care of yourself is by nourishing not only your mental and physical self, but also your spiritual self. So what can you do? What have you found to be useful? For me, there's several spiritual practices I learned. Um, Like I mentioned, I think I mentioned earlier, um, I did go to seminary. I graduated from ILIF, in 2019, and one of the classes I took was on different spiritual disciplines, one of my favorite classes of all time. But there were some some practices that I took away from it that I just want to throw out there for you to kind of think about. One of them is called examine. And if you've never heard of examine, it's a type of reflection, usually done at the end of the day where you sit down, quiet space, say a short prayer, and then you just kind of go through your day, activity by activity, so that you can kind of start thinking, was that something that was building the kingdom or maybe taking away? Was that something that was 
good for me or maybe something I need to remove from my life. And if you start doing that every day, not only will you start to become more self-aware of your actions, but you'll also start to focus on the positive. Along with that practice, while I was in school, we had to tweet every day a God moment. So whether it was like yesterday, my God moment would have been the rain, um, or maybe you saw a bird, or a stranger smiled at you or gave you a compliment. Those are the things also you're looking for during this time of examine, to see evidence of God in your life, because if you start looking, you're going to see it. Another spiritual practice that I enjoy, and I even have a Bible that's set up for it, is called Lectio Divina. Has anyone heard of that? I see a few heads nodding, yes, and some no. Basically, it is taking a passage from the Bible and reading it a few times in a row. Saying a prayer, just reading it line by line. Opening yourself up to the Spirit and to hear what God wants you to hear from that passage. It can be very powerful. One practice that I got introduced to several years ago when I was um, on an internship at a larger church in Joplin, Missouri, were prayer beads. Throughout my life, I had always thought of prayer beads kind of as a Catholic thing, you know, the rosary and all that stuff. Well, lo and behold, there are Protestant prayer beads. <laughs> they even have little kits. They, one of the ladies at the church gave me that I got to string my own beads. And it gives you instructions on what to pray during each bead. And it's just such a great tool, especially somebody maybe who's newer to prayer, who needs that tactile part of it as well, to, to learn to pray. But I have to say, my favorite, and one that I keep going back to over and over again, is called contemplative prayer. And are any of you familiar with contemplative prayer? A few head nods. Great. Um, I was telling some people this morning that during the sermon, it's going to be participatory. So what I'd like to do is kind of introduce you to this concept of contemplative prayer. And I want, I'd like to try it for just a few minutes. I think it could be kind of fun. But I do want to warn you. If you have not done this, or it's been a while since you've done this, it is harder than you think. During my normal practice, I normally will have a pad of paper and a pen out. And before I get started, I try to do a mind dump. So anything, any thought that's racing through my head, I just start scribbling it down. Because I found if I get some of that, those thoughts out of the way, it makes it easier to sit in the silence. And although we're only going to do it for a couple of minutes, the idea is to work up to maybe like 20 minutes a day. And like I said, it definitely takes practice. So what I'd like you to do, I'm going to set a timer for just a couple minutes. Um, but 
When we start, I'll have you all close your eyes. And there's different things you can do. You can do a mantra. You can do like a Bible verse. Um, numbers is one of those things that I found pretty useful. So when I breathe in and out, in my head, I go one, two, three, up to eight, and then you start over. Sometimes you may find yourself at 15 or 16 and realize, oops, <laughs> I forgot to start over. No big deal. Just go back to one. Also, some things that you may, may do, um, like I said, like a mantra or um, some people will do, not my will, but yours like as they breathe in and out. Um, and don't, don't think about anything else. Just concentrate on that number or your mantra in and out. And if your mind wanders, that's fine. Just go back, all right? So I'm gonna set my watch. And let's go to God in prayer. <laughs> 